multiple streams of income. We hear about it and see references to it all the time. But what does it really mean? Do you really need them? And better yet, how do you get them? Join us on this journey as we become stream chasers through raw, transparent discussions on everyday business happenings and have deep dive conversations with entrepreneurs and other stream chasers that are straight up doing it. Get your pen, phone, or notepad, whatever it is, grab it and lock in. It's payday. I'm getting paid to learn how to run a business. Rather do things when I want and how I want and get paid more for some office job. Oh, so you are after something. And what's that? Freedom. All right, y'all. So look, last week, we hoped y'all locked in with us. Uh, well, more specifically, we hope you locked in with Kim. Yeah. On last week, he was giving us all the, the personal finance uh, gems, as well as like some business financial gems. But things that you can apply to help you be able to get your first property uh, and become a homeowner. Mm-hmm. Now, we said we want to the goal is to become a real estate investor. Right. Uh, and we kind of touched on it. But most people don't become an investor without at least purchasing one property for themselves first. So now you know how to do that. Now we're going to dive into more of the how do I acquire that first property? Yes. And so before um, and I think we should also talk about um, folks who are thinking about doing becoming real estate agents as yes, a yes. income stream. And my first question actually is kind of on that vein. And we okay. I'm gonna circle back to the investment. But specifically, um, I heard you say that you work for a brokerage. Yes. Right. So I'm assuming that's a different type of real estate license. Right. Brokerage yes. license. Okay. Brokerage license, yeah. Wonderful. What is the difference between brokerages? Because, I, I mean, as somebody who's thinking about becoming a real estate agent, you know, you got to sign up with a brokerage, but yeah. is there a difference between them? Yes. There's okay. A difference. There's a difference between them. Um, I'll say it like this. Just just like you go to the grocery store and you're going to buy a loaf of bread. You go to the bread aisle, there are 50 different kinds of breads. Got it. I mean, mm-hmm. white bread, 50 different brands. Mm-hmm. They all white bread, mm-hmm. but I would venture to say there's something different about all of them, okay. but they are still bread. Same thing with brokerages. They all serve the same purpose, but they all going to have their pros and cons to them. They all might have, you know, one might have more of a focus on this. So uh, when I say this, meaning one might have more of a focus on training, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Developing agents. One might have a more of a focus on developing agents and also um, giving them knowledge on a passive stream of income. So basically, they kind of have a model where if you come into this brokerage and you recruit other agents, we have a structure where you can get a piece of what they do. Oh, know? wow. So there are some brokerages that that's their model. Mm. And then you have some, some, some brokerages that their model is, you know, hey, you might not really need a lot. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? You just need a place to put your license because you have to have your license under a broker and you just want to go out and do business. You don't really need much Mm -hmm. support. You just need to do your thing. Those models tend to say, you know what? You can have 100 percent of your commission because we're not really doing much for you. Mm -hmm. You just pay a fee of X, Y, Z a month. You know, so that you're underneath our umbrella. So you might pay a five hundred dollar fee. Now, let's say they have 20 agents doing that. You know, that's ten thousand dollars for them a month. That's enough to pay the lease on the space that they have pay, make them some money, you know. Mm -hmm. So they have a different kind of model. You know what I mean? Different kind of model. So every brokerage provides the same service in terms of they have a 
a broker and real estate agents that practice real estate underneath of them. Mm -hmm. But their focus and what their business is built on can be very different. Okay. So, so oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Candace, before you uh, ask your next question. So I just want to make sure a brokerage are those companies like the Keller Williams, yes. those type of things, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And your yes. Remax, et cetera. Yeah, those are those are called brokerages. Mm -hmm. You have a broker. There's only one uh. for that particular company. Okay. There's only one broker. You might have other agents in that brokerage. They may have the title of associate broker. That just means that they have a broker's license, okay. but they don't own a brokerage or they're not running a brokerage because they can only be one. So they've done the necessary steps to get the education, to satisfy the educational requirements mm -hmm. and the testing for whatever state that they have that license in. So if they wanted to go start their own, they already have the credentials to be able to do that. But a lot of agents, they don't necessarily want to have their own, but they want to have that that extra credential, mm -hmm. but they're still out here just listing and selling real estate, just like a traditional, what we call a salesperson that doesn't have a broker's license. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, so going back to the investing on the flip side, mm -hmm. is there a difference for the consumer between brokerages? Um, in my opinion, mm -hmm. I'm sure there is. <laughs> okay. I'm sure there is. I can't say no. Okay. So I'm sure there is. Okay. But what I'll say is this. I've been in the business. I've been a real estate agent. This is coming up on my 20th year. What I learned after a little while of being in the business is that you, the agent, you are an individual business. Mm -hmm. Most people, they're not listing and selling their property because of like I'm affiliated with Century 21. Okay. They're not really doing that because of Century 21. They're doing it because of me. Okay. So with that being said, Century 21 provides me some credibility. Mm -hmm. Like if I walk into uh, a total stranger's home to mm -hmm. have a conversation about listing their property for sale, the one thing that they can feel comfortable about, I've heard of Century 21. Okay. I don't know anything right. about Kim Profit. Okay. I've heard of Century 21 or Keller Williams mm -hmm. or Remax or Long and Foster or Colwell yeah. Banker. Yeah. I've never heard of Kim Profit Realty. You know what I mean? Because I could have my own brokerage. But they've never heard of it. Okay. That doesn't mean I won't get the business because it's just like you going on a job interview. At that point, it's my job to to let them know, here's what I bring to the table. Here's what I can do for you. Here are the pros and cons. And then, you know, they can decide at that point. But just because an agent is with a widely known broker, that doesn't mean that they know anything. <laughs> doesn't make you know, them no. any good. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just like a doctor or a lawyer yeah. or anything else. Just Got because it. they have that mm -hmm. license, it doesn't mean that they're good. You know? Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. So continuing on the consumer side, on my way to, so now I'm on the path. I done bought my first property yes. and now I'm ready to start with investing. What yes. would you recommend as a first step for someone who's interested in real estate investing? They have maybe a townhouse or a small single family house. And what's the next step if I want to be an investor? Okay. So the next step, um, I said this in the last, in the last session was, Making Ed yourself knowledgeable. Education. You know, yeah, educating yourself. Educating okay. yourself on what it's going to take. You know what I mean? What do I need to put in place to get now that I own this home? So most of the time with educating yourself, that means talking to a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. That means talking to a loan officer. Yeah. And you're just, you're just inquiring. You're just mm -hmm. asking questions. I mm -hmm. get it all the time. And I love it because I'm not only an agent that can just kind of guide you. I'm a real estate investor myself. Mm -hmm. So I can give you real life experience of, Here's what you can do. Okay. Here's some options for you based on 
your scenario, right. that kind of right. thing. But you have to educate yourself in, in that way because before you make any changes with your finances, before you do anything, you want to know that so you know, uh-huh, let me focus my efforts here mm. because I thought I was going to have to focus my efforts there. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I have a, my, my credit score is a 678. I don't think that's high enough. So I was going to pay this off and, you know, pay this right. down and try right. to get to a 700 because I keep hearing you have to have a 700. Nope. Maybe. Yeah. There's some loan programs that you can do at a 660. So mm-hmm. you're already good there. Right. And that money you were going to be paying to pay down, you need that because you're going to need at least 15 to 20%. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me focus on stacking my money mm-hmm. versus that part. So that, that comes with the knowledge and, and having a conversation with someone that's knowledgeable. That would be the second part. Making sure you're talking to somebody because you could talk to any real estate agent, but not every real estate agent is well-versed in investment properties. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they can tell you, you know, I know real estate, so I could sell you a property. Sell you the property. But right. When it comes to investment properties, there's a lot more that go into it, meaning there's numbers that have to be ran. It mm-hmm. has to make sense for that person. It mm-hmm. has to, you know, there's a lot of due diligence that has to be done. A lot of real estate agents, sad to say, they might not even own a home, oh. but they sell. Yeah, you know, anybody, I mean, if you, yeah. if you, I never even thought about that. Yeah. You can be living at home and be like 18 it. years old yeah. and just be like, yeah, I think I want to do real estate because I'm not exactly. filling this government job. Exactly. I just want to go get a, I want to go get a real estate I don't license. like it. And right. never even bought a house. I don't same, like same it. Way with car That's deal. like a dentist. Yeah. Not selling, you don't got no teeth. Right. You can't work on my teeth. Yeah. But I don't like it. It's <laughs> the same way with, with car salesmen. A lot of times yeah. you're going to a car dealership to buy a car. Let's say it's a Lexus dealer or a Honda dealer or whatever it is. Yeah. They don't even drive that kind of car. Yeah. But they're selling you one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're not even committed to this. Yeah. How am I going to listen <laughs> yeah, to you? I don't it's like it's it. not to say that it's going down your right, strip. But yeah. I'm just saying it doesn't, it doesn't look, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I would say to seek out someone that has knowledge on that, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That, that can actually be knowledgeable on it. So my first question as a consumer who's interested in real estate investing after I've educated myself is, do you invest in real estate? I, that would tell a lot. Okay. I swear, that would tell mm-hmm. you a lot. If yeah. you ask the real estate agent to say, hey, I want to have a conversation with you about investment properties mm-hmm. because I own a property and I want to start buying some investment properties. They're uh-huh. going to tell you, oh, great. Yes, because they're thinking about selling you a property, right? right? And then you say, okay, first question in the meeting. So do you invest in real estate? And you can you can go from go there. from there. You know I mean? okay. you go from there. And then you could d- determine from there, you know, what they tell you. That doesn't mean that they don't know. Yeah. But you at least you know what you're dealing with to say, okay. Yeah. Now I know how to listen to the rest of your words because when I hear you say that, mm-hmm. now I can listen to the rest of it with are you coming from a salesperson pitch or mm-hmm. are you coming yeah. from a person that actually has actually experience? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So now you know yeah. how to process that information. Okay. Yeah. So does real estate investing always mean buying and flipping a property? No. Okay. No, it doesn't always mean buying and flipping a property. So buying and flipping a property, when you hear the term flipping, that typically means someone buys a property. Most often they're going to do some work to it to enhance it. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to sell it for a profit. Right. Mm-hmm. That doesn't even always hold true. They could actually buy it for a lower value and turn right back around and sell it for a higher value, depending on how low of a value they got it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's flipping. So when you think about it, you're, taking it and just flipping it to another person. But that's not the only thing. That's not the only thing when it comes to real estate investing. You have what they call buy and hold, meaning you buy a property to keep it and rent it out Mm. and have it 
in a portfolio. You mm-hmm. might say I want to have yeah. multiple properties that way. I'm I'm my portfolio is made up of all buying holds. I've I've also done flips as well. Mm-hmm. But my philosophy is my my personal philosophy when it comes to investing. I have a certain dollar amount that I kind of stick with. Mm-hmm. A certain property type that mm-hmm. I kind of stick with and mm-hmm. I tell everybody you need to come up with your own you can't like just be all over the niche. place. Your own niche, whatever, mm. what it is. It's almost like having a business plan. Like your business plan is going to guide everything that you do. So you don't want to just be willy nilly saying, I'm just a real estate investor. So do you invest in million dollar homes? Well, no, I don't do that. Do you invest in you know mobile homes? No, yeah. I don't do that. Well, what do you do? Mm. So now you need to have something down and say, this is what I do. Okay. This is what my focus is going to be. Because without that, you're just going to be all over the place. And, and I think a lot of people mm. are like how you're saying, just all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and whatever looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Wh- whatever has a great price, mm-hmm. is decent, and it's convenient, mm-hmm. I'm there. But then, if, like you said, if it's a single family for a lower cost, I'm going to go ahead and jump on that too. But like you said, now you're all over the place. Yeah. And I'm just thinking one of the pros could be... If you are dealing with um, all, if you're dealing with all um, single level yeah. homes, yeah, if that's what your portfolio looks like, now you have like expertise yeah. in knowing. All right, like I know what to look for exactly. when I'm dealing with the yeah. same. You almost have a template. Home. You know yeah. what I mean. You almost yeah. have a template. And it's funny you mentioned single family. I mean, like like one level living. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I kind of uh, encourage for. Initial investors, like, mm. you know, oh. when you come out, one level living. When you have one level, yeah. there's no basements that flood. No you know what I mean? <laughs> Tell typically, them about it. Yeah, typically with one level living, it's a smaller footprint. Mm-hmm. So that means if if your tenant were to damage the property, it's going to be kind of limited. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot yeah. that they could actually damage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, when it comes sure. to replacing things, you got to replace the carpet. There's not a lot one of square level. footage, so you don't have to replace much. There's no steps. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That kind yeah. of thing. So. Getting your feet wet and coming into investing, you know, I, I also think about condos a lot. With condos, you own the walls in. So you have someone that main, maintains the building, maintains the grounds. Mm-hmm. When you're owning a condo itself, again, you have very little that you're responsible for. In yeah. You know what I mean? You have less of the major things that could go wrong. If the roof is leaking, that's not your that's responsibility. Not your right. You know what I mean? So you're you're just really worrying about the main things, the major appliances, the stove, dishwasher, and refrigerator. Okay. Your hot water heater and your mm-hmm. HVAC system. And now let me ask you a question sure. as we think about those different types of properties. So you've got your condos, your yes. townhouses, your single family houses, yes. estate homes, if you will. Yep. When you um, are thinking about a condo specifically, and if that's your investment strategy, yeah. so I'm going to buy some condos, and those yeah. those are mostly buy and hold type properties, right? You wouldn't not see- necessarily. No, no, it's with any investment. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's watches, bananas, houses. <laughs> I don't care what it is. Okay. Investing is all about buying it low and selling it high. You know okay. what I mean? Like. So if the numbers make sense, Just I don't care what it looked like. I don't okay. care what it is. As long as the numbers make sense, mm-hmm. that's what drives the opportunity. Mm. One thing I want to stress, too, is I get a lot of people when you talked about the consumer side of things yeah. when they come to you. You know what? The, the number one question I get is, are there any deals out there? I was just about to ask, like, are how they, do you determine? Yeah. So, uh, and I asked them a question. So, what's the deal? Yeah. Like, what's the deal to you? Yeah. Because what's the deal to you might not be a deal to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh huh. So, 
if you want to rephrase that question to say, to say if the, are there any opportunities out there, there's plenty of them. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that they're going to be a deal, though. Yeah. And again, a deal to me might not look like a deal to you. Right. You know, I just had to explain this to uh, a client of mine. Okay. Um, I, I, I sent them a property. They wanted to invest. Okay. They said, Kim, are there any properties that, you know, around $100,000? I say, oh, yeah, they're out here. They might not be in the, you know, the best neighborhoods or whatever, but they are out here. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's what we're looking for. One came on the market, two-bedroom condo, $107,000, right? Condo fee, I want to say it was three. Let's just say it's three fifty, dollars right? Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, let me shoot this to them. So I shot it to them. Okay, when can we go look at it? Took them to go look at it. Now, I actually own a unit in this building. Okay. My sister owns a unit in this building. So mm-hmm. I know the building. I'm familiar yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. Now, we just need to see what the what the condition of the yeah. property yeah. is. So this particular property, we went, we took a look at it. Tenant had only been there for like five or six months. It was managed by a management company. It was mm-hmm. a, a LLC that owned it. Okay. So when they turned it over from the previous renter, they had put in a new floor. They had put in a couple of new appliances. The HVAC was updated. So in my, from an investor hat, I'm like, they've done all my work. Yeah. I'm good. Like this is, mm-hmm. yeah, this yeah. is good. So they said, Kim, what do you think? And I said, you know, and again, there's a <laughs> renter already there. Yeah. There's a tenant already oh, there. Oh, and the tenant's know? not leaving. So you no, got cash that, on hand. Yeah. So depending, right? So they sent the rent roll. The rent roll is here's a record of how this tenant has paid their rent, okay. as well as a record of all the expenses the management company has had to pay as related to this unit to over, the, over multiple months. You know, so okay. you can see what, what's happened. Um, so they were paying fourteen hundred dollars a month. That was their rent. They were on time and they mm-hmm. paid every yeah. month. The lease was in place for um, it was a two year lease. Mm-hmm. So the lease was going to be in place for another at least 18 months or so, 19 months or so. So they Kim, what you think? I said, you know, from my perspective, I said, you know, to me, the condition is great. You don't have to do anything. It comes with a tenant. The tenant's already there. They gave you the rent roll. Yeah, but they could be lying. That's true. They could be lying. There's nothing yeah. to really verify. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a it's honor just, system okay. when it, when it yeah. comes to that. Right. Again, you don't want to be judgmental, mm-hmm. but I'm looking at the family that's there mm-hmm. and I'm like. Looking at the condition of the property, they've been here five months. Mm-hmm. They had two small kids. This property doesn't look damaged or anything. Yeah. Right. So if I had to go on my gut as an investor, mm-hmm. if it were me, mm-hmm. you know, I would say. So they said, well, what are the comparables? Like what 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 have yeah. the what are the sales prices for the properties that have sold? Mm-hmm. I said, OK, I'll send that when I get home. So I sent it to them. The highest property that sold, I think, was like ninety eight thousand. They wanted 107 for this particular one. Mm-hmm. So the one one the, the the one spouse said, but that's not a deal. You know what I mean? I'm paying market price for this, yeah. right? Mm. I said, yeah, that's one way to look at it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I said, you guys talk about it and come back to me. So they did. So they said, all right, can we want to really hear your opinion? Now these people are close to me. So mm-hmm. I could take off my real estate hat and yeah. not really give my personal opinion and say, all right. Mm-hmm. I said, here's my thoughts. If you don't want it, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> Period. Well, I don't like that. Yeah. I, I ran the numbers and it makes sense for me. So yeah. if y'all don't want to buy it, I'll buy it. Yeah. Well, what made you say that? Like, what made you? And yeah. so all of that I just shared with you, I shared with them. I said, that's what made me share it. Yeah. And then ultimately, when it came down to the numbers of it, I could buy this property 
and I can cash flow $400 a month on it the way that it is with the amount of money that they're paying. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it would be a buy and hold for me. Mm -hmm. So I don't care that I'm paying a premium for the price of the property Mm -hmm. because these right here are still in a place where this is entry level, meaning when somebody comes to the market to buy a property. Yeah. They, this is always going to be affordable for them. Yes. So that means that that person that only can qualify for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, this is what's going to look look yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, attainable to them. Yeah. So as more properties sell, this value is going to go up. Yeah. I purchased a three bedroom unit in this building two years ago for one hundred thousand dollars. I can sell it today for one thirty. Yeah. That's a thirty percent increase yeah. in yeah. two years. I don't plan on getting rid of it. I don't care. No property has sold four hundred thousand dollars at that time. Yeah. Let me go into how I got that one really quickly. So my sister said, "Hey, I got word that a lady wants to sell her unit in the building." Uh-huh. I said, "Tell her I want it." She, you haven't even seen it yet. <laughs> Tell her I want it because yeah. I already know the price point and it's yeah. going to work for me. Tell her I want it. Put me in touch with her. Mm-hmm. So she put me in touch with her. I said, how you doing? You know, I heard you were selling your property. I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, I am selling it. I did this to it. I did that to it. I did this to it. And great. Mm-hmm. And so she was unaware that I was a real estate agent. She's just thinking she's talking to another person rather mm-hmm. than a consumer. consumer. So I, now I get it. I, I got that, you know. Um, I said, so how much do you want for it? 125 Again, nothing probably sold over 90000 at that point. <laughs> okay. Right? 125 Yeah. So I said, okay. I said, well, listen, I'm not even going to waste your time. I said, you know, I'm a real estate agent, so I know the values over there. I said, and honestly, nothing has sold over $90,000 over there. So I'm not saying it's impossible for you to get one twenty five. I'm just saying that it's going to take a special buyer to buy it at one twenty five. Mm-hmm. I'm not him. You know, yeah. I'm not him. <laughs> so I wish you luck. You know what I mean? Yeah. And well, wait, you didn't give me your offer. And I mm. said, well, personally, I don't want to insult you. Because right. if you're looking for 125, 125. that wasn't what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. Well, what were you thinking? I said, well, originally I was thinking $90,000 because mm-hmm. I'm paying cash. I was thinking $90,000. I said, but since I hear you want 125, mm-hmm. in my mind, I had already made up that I would go to 100 mm-hmm. just to not compete with anybody. Right. To just say, let's just do this. Okay, well, let me talk to my sister. She's a real estate agent and this and that. I said, okay, no problem. I said, because if your sister knows anything about this business, she'll tell you, yeah, Take nothing, yeah nothing has sold over yeah. $90,000. Yeah. $100,000 cash, no red tape. He can close in two weeks. Let's do it, mm-hmm. right? And I was trying to do it in two weeks because I was leaving to go to Thailand and um, Dubai on vacation. I was going to be gone for almost two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to wrap it up before I left. Mm-hmm. She didn't get back to me. Mm. Of course, I always take my laptop and stuff when I travel. So mm-hmm. she hit me. Mr. Prophet, is that offer still on the table? I said, nope. She said, mm. really? I said, mm-hmm. no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's, still, <laughs> it's still on the table. Like, you yeah. know, you ready? Yeah. yeah, I'm ready. I'm sorry I didn't get back to you sooner, but I just had to make sure. And I said, okay, cool. I can yeah. do all of the paperwork right now. Give me your email address. I can send it over to you, DocuSign. Mm-hmm. And I did the deal. I was in Thailand, mm-hmm. you know, did it then. By the time I got back, it was about a week. I went to settlement on that. I, I'm saying all of that because going back to the couple that I was talking to, I had to explain that to them about why I paid a premium for the property back then. Mm-hmm. And look at where I am two years later. I have right. my money plus 30 grand back. The The value gets established for properties every time the next property Sales. is sold. 
Right. So Tell them about it. in a market where the property values are increasing, especially now where it's now. going up quickly. Yes. yes. You don't care, if, especially if you're holding it. It's only yeah. when you're trying to flip it that that yeah, really that makes that sense. Matters. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm holding it. I'm yeah. holding it for the long haul. This is my retirement plan and my legacy that I'm going to leave to my kids. Yeah. So I don't care. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't care. Just like when the market went bad in 2008, I paid a, a great deal of money for my house, over half a million dollars. People are like, oh, my God, I know you're sick now. I said, not really, because I don't plan on going away. Yeah. So it it'll matter. bounce back. It'll, mm-hmm. it'll come back. And guess what? It did. The value came back and more. Mm-hmm. So, and they were like, yeah, Kim, you were right. I said, yeah, when when you're not pressed, you know, like hard pressed mm-hmm. to do anything, like I don't need to sell it right now. I don't need to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to ride this thing out. So I'm good to go. So just curious, how many uh, properties do you have in your portfolio? Eight, eight, properties. eight properties. right now. Yeah. And so I hear you. It's funny because I hear you say, um, you know, there was a $100,000 condo and blah, yeah. blah, blah. I'm going to be honest, when I think about real estate investing, I never even think Mm -hmm. $100,000, $80,000. Like my mind always goes to 250, 300, 400. And I don't know what that's about. It's probably because I watch too much flip or flop. That's probably what it is. (laughs) I can tell you what it is. Okay. It's because you aren't well versed in the market. You know what I mean? Like as a real estate agent, I'm going to know a lot more about the market. I'm going to know there are condos that sell for 40, 50, $100,000. Yeah. You wouldn't just readily know that unless. You made up your mind that that I'm going to be an investor and I want to make myself knowledgeable of Mm -hmm. the market, the full market. So if that's not where you. So let's say when I said I had a model, Mm -hmm. my model was to invest in things that were two hundred thousand dollars and less because I could pay all cash for it. Okay, that that for me was a leverage tool. Mm -hmm. I could beat out the next person by me paying cash cash for it. Yes. Now, I know people are saying, well, I don't have that type of money. You don't have to have that type of money. That was just my model. Mm -hmm. You can use your model because what I did do with that was once I bought it, Mm -hmm. if it needed some work, I could do some work to it to increase the value some. And typically when I bought it, I bought it under value because I'm paying cash so I can I can persuade you to sell it for a little less than you would have because you're getting all of your money like in two weeks. You know what I mean? So that means I already have some built in equity when I buy it. Then when I do some renovation to it, I might put ten or fifteen thousand dollars into it, putting a new kitchen in, making the bathrooms nice, renovating them, all new carpet, paint, wood floors, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now it looks a lot better. What I then do is go and uh, refinance it to get all of my money out, all of my money out. And now let's say, uh, can you backtrack there and sure. like just? Just break that down a little slower. All right, I'll give you. I'll give <laughs> you, you. Say you pulled all I'll, your money. Yeah, out. I'll give you a real example. The okay. same condo that I paid a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. I paid a hundred thousand dollars for that cash. Got okay. it. Okay. The work that she had done to it, it didn't require me to do anything to it. Okay. Right? It didn't require me to do anything to mm-hmm. it. With that being said, because of the timing, I secured a tenant. You know, all of that when I got back. So it was about three or four months. In that three or four months, another one has sold. I think two more has sold. So now the value, those established the value at like 110, 115. Because you sold at 100. Because I sold at 100. Mm-hmm. Right. So now I went to go get a loan on the property. So basically, like if I had a mortgage and I was refinancing, but I don't have a mortgage, it's mm-hmm. paid off. So now I'm going to take out a loan on a property. So that's essentially uh-huh. me getting my money back. Mm-hmm. Right. So when I took a loan out on a property, most investment properties, if you got really, really good credit, 
the maximum they'll extend to you is 80%. Right. 80 20. 80%. Right. If your credit is not, that doesn't mean you can't get it. It just means that, you know, if you have good credit, it's 80%. If you have less than good credit, meaning your credit score is in the sixes to the low mm-hmm. sixes, they may say, well, the max we can give you is 70% mm-hmm. or 75. I was just trying to get the maximum of yeah. my money yeah. back. So when they appraise the property, their property appraised at 110. Mm-hmm. So if I did 80,000, that means I can get a loan for 88. Mm-hmm. So I got 88,000 of the hundred that I paid in. I'm only in for 12 no. at this point. I cash flow $500 a month. What cash flow means is that after I pay the mortgage, after I pay the condo fee and the taxes and insurance are included in the mortgage, I have $500 left after that. That's mm-hmm. my money. From that's your tenant. profit. Mm-hmm. So when you do the math on that and you say $500 a month, that's $6,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Remember, I'm only in for 12. Mm-hmm. So after two years, I got my money back. All your money. And now year three and beyond is all profit. $6,000 mm-hmm. a year at that point. And still, I have much equity in the property that's continued to appreciate yeah. over the time, right? So that's what I that's mean what when I means. say pull it out. Now, you for for anybody out there or or you guys, you'll hear that if you start to YouTube and Google investment strategies, you'll hear that as the Burr method to mm. buy, rehab, um, refinance, okay. and then rent out. Okay. That's what you'll hear that as. Got it. Yeah. Burr method. Yeah. I've heard it before. Yeah, I've heard and it. I've yeah. never even knew yeah. what they talked about. Yeah. So yeah. keep on going. Yeah. So Okay. So real quick. Um, so you were in a position to purchase your investment property cash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what about those that are interested or have to go the route of financing? Mm-hmm. Right. How right. does that work? Because you like are you able to really build a portfolio if you're consistently going back to the bank? Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you how that works. So I'm going to give you a couple different strategies. Okay. You two had the first strategy that I'm going to talk about. You had a property that was your primary residence. Mm-hmm. And then you bought another property that was going to be your primary residence, mm-hmm. which turned your first property into an investment property at that time. Mm-hmm. That's probably the easiest way to do it. Okay. Right? Um, you also talked about another strategy or you talked about another question. You didn't even form it as a question, but it comes to me as a question, which is I have to have one property first as my primary residence before I can have an investment property. Mm -hmm. And that's false. Right. Mm -hmm. You can live at home with your mother and just continuously Mm -hmm. buy properties and they're all your investment properties and you live at home for free. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So there's no stopping you. Mm -hmm. Now, some people will do this. Let's say they do live at home. Mm-hmm. They'll get a loan, you know, go buy a property, and they say that's going to be my primary residence, mm-hmm. right? They put mm-hmm. minimal down payment down because of, you know, by, with your primary residence. Mm-hmm. But then they stay at home, mm-hmm. and they rent that out. They go to the bank after, let's say, a year, they're ready to buy another property, and they say, well, what about this property? Oh, that's an investment property. It's rented out. I'm staying with my mother until I buy this house. Then they buy the next one. Mm-hmm. And the next one, and the next one, and they just keep buying them like that. It's is not that like, against, is that it, against the law? Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is. Cause, but cause but I've always thought about that. But it's being done. I mean, and it's ways to you know that you could do it where mm-hmm. it's legit, meaning that they could live in it for a certain amount of time if mm-hmm. they wanted to, and then move back home with moms, then rent it out just to make sure that everything is on an up and up. Mm-hmm. But that allows them to get a basically a 
a residential loan, not an investment mm-hmm. loan, a residential loan at a lower down payment, mm. better interest rate, and they have an investment property at that rate. Because now they're you, different. The yeah. residential loan and an investment loan are yeah, different? They're different because when it's when you're saying you're going to live in the property, mm-hmm. the terms are different. They're oh. better. You know, they're, yeah. they're better. Yeah. Look at and that. Like, yeah. Oftentimes, because like on the residential, like they might only ask for 3 to 5%. Exactly. And then on the investment, they want... They they fifteen to twenty yeah, or something like 20, that. Exactly. But it's like I've always wondered, like how how does the bank know mm-hmm. if I'm just living at home or if I'm still staying here and I'm just saying, yeah, I'm about to purchase this home around the corner. That's going. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's going to be my primary. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I'm really getting that to rent it out. So they don't. You know what I mean? They really don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and because they're so busy, they don't do a lot of due diligence to check up. But there are some things that happen that could be a red flag. That could, and that could, okay. You know, you say that's going to be your primary residence, right? You go to settlement and then you call me up and say, all right, Kim, I got that house. I'm ready to list it for rent. And then I put it on the MLS <laughs> to rent it out. And then it raises a red flag with somebody because they see it out on the internet as a property for rent. Yeah. Right. Now you could legit say, "I had some sort of something to come up mm-hmm. that allowed, yeah, something." You know what I mean? But it got to be legit. But most time, that's not the case. So people have to be, you know, very careful yeah. when it comes to that. But that's another strategy that people do. Um, the other one, and and this is kind of, I'm gonna split this one in two. The other one is just actually straight up saying, I'm going to a lender to let them know I want to buy an investment property. Mm-hmm. And I say I'm going to split it in two because you have, when you go to a lender and say, I'm going to buy an investment property and I'm going to use all of my credentials, meaning mm-hmm. my W-2s, my bank statements. And just like on the previous um, session we had, I talked about debt to income ratio. Mm-hmm. They bring all of that in. Okay. So basically what has to happen is you have to be able, your, your income has to be able to substantiate buying another property. Uh-huh. And because you're buying it, let's say it doesn't have a renter in it. Uh-huh. There's no rent to count towards your yeah. debt to income ratio. So now essentially you have to afford both of those properties. Right. Even though you're not going to be paying both of them, you're going to yeah. put a renter in there, but that's what happens. Now, if it comes with a lease, already somebody already in it but you don't have any type of experience as a landlord they may give you some sort of credit meaning they'll say well if they pay two thousand dollars a month we may give you 50 percent credit meaning you can use a thousand dollars of that income and tack it onto your income to 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 make sure you fit within the debt to income ratio Mm -hmm. that's a traditional investment loan from a from a lender that still falls under Fannie Mae guidelines. Okay. Right. And they're still going to ask you for some other requirements. You're going to, they're going to want to 15 to 20% down, depending on your credit. They're going to want you to have three to six months of reserves, meaning three to six months of mortgage payments in the bank. In case these people don't pay the rent, you can still pay the mortgage. Which is different than on your residential because they don't ask you for that. Not every loan asks you for reserves. Right. Right. Or the reserves can be satisfied in a different way. On a residential home, most often they'll allow you to use your retirement account as a reserve account. Even Mm -hmm. though you're not tapping into it, it's not liquid. They'll say that checks the box as reserves. Mm -hmm. So if anybody's been on a job for any significant amount of time, they can say my 401k, you know, 75,000, 50,000 is more than enough to be reserves. Mm -hmm. And the lender's like, okay, check. Under those traditional guidelines, Fannie Mae, will only say, look, man, we can only go with you, but so far. Okay. Right. After your third or fourth house, yeah, we can't lend to you no more. Like, like you in a whole nother and then category. And you need some cash. 
not only do you need cash, I won't say that's when you need cash. It's just when you have to go a different route. Okay. Mm. So okay. those Fannie Mae loans that I talked about, they fall under what we call qualifying mortgages, okay. meaning that they come under those guidelines. So if it's not qualifying, then it's non-qualifying. And you'll see it referenced as QM or non-QM. Mm-hmm. So you might even see things floating out there that says, um, this is a bank statement loan. This is a no-doc loan. This is a foreign national loan, meaning you can use your bank statements to substitute for income, meaning you don't have to get pay stubs. Mm-hmm. We can tally up all of the deposits on your bank statement, and we'll use that number as income. Mm. Um, you can use a no-doc loan. No-doc meaning you don't submit any type of documentation <laughs> to support what you're telling me on this loan application. It's risky. For, for, for them, them. Yeah, for right. Them. And so where's yeah. the cost to you? Because exactly. if it's risky to them, it's a cost to it's me. It's definitely going to be a cost to you. So there's oh, a yeah. premium associated with that. Okay. That premium is going to be, they're going to charge you, like you might pay an origination fee to when you buy a regular house. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes you'll hear people reference it as one point. Yes. Or 1% yeah. of mm-hmm. the yeah. purchase, I mean, of the loan amount. Mm-hmm. With investment properties, the norm is going to be anywhere from two to five. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. but again, it's a business. Right. It's an investment. So if the numbers line up, that doesn't even matter to you. Right. You're like, I'll pay that up front because really, I'm buying this thing at a steal. I'm buying it and it's going to have $50,000 equity in it. Okay. I don't care that I got to pay $10,000 in fees to get it. Yeah. It's a trade-off, right? But it is going to cost you up front. Now, you could still structure the deal in a way where maybe the seller covers that or you roll it into the, the, the loan so you're not really coming out of your pocket with it. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But it is going to be a premium that you have to pay for you to give up less documentation. Mm. I personally do that. So I don't pay mm. cash for every property. Okay. Right? So how I said I, I bought that condo $100,000 cash, right? Mm-hmm. If I, I could go buy four more of those right now with that same $100,000 because I could split it up 25, 25, 25, 25. Mm-hmm. Because an investor loan, the lender that I deal with, they have a non-QM loan that it's 20 percent mm-hmm. down for me mm-hmm. so that'll be twenty thousand dollars and then right. i can use that other five as my closing costs so i can buy four more properties with that same one hundred thousand dollars wow right so that's where you kind of get into like wow. how yeah. to be able to do that and like you said that's when you need cash not necessarily it just depends on how you want to structure it mm-hmm. you know so again instead of me using all of my money and leaving it there i use my money i got one property kept it for a few months refinance took my money out now i can use that same money i could do the same thing again or i could do it with multiple properties and do it that way gotcha. and so that's what i that's what i chose to do and of course when it comes to those lenders mm-hmm. the more experience you have meaning the more transactions you do like that the more leverage you get with them yeah. because they're like you you become less risky every time you do it because they're like oh we you know you yeah yeah so um what happened to me in real life is that particular condo, mm-hmm. when I was looking to refinance and take my money out, because I'm a real estate agent and I deal with this, I know the guidelines of actual loans. So I know that many lenders, one, they don't want to lend less than $100,000. They don't want to lend where the loan is going to be less than okay. $100,000. Many lenders have a thing where they don't want to lend for condos. So mm-hmm. it just depends. Oh, really? That gets even more stringent when it comes to investment properties. We're just talking about regular residential loans. This just it, it becomes even more tighter when it comes to that. So I started searching online to say there has to be a lender out here that's making money 
doing niche lending to people that own condos mm-hmm. as investment properties. Mm-hmm. It has to be. And if it's not, I'm starting a business. <laughs> so you know how it is. Mm-hmm. You know, big brother's always watching. Yeah. When you start typing in things, things come up on your Facebook feed, exactly. your Instagram feed. So right. this entity came up on my Instagram feed of a business out of um a business out of Florida called Flip Simply. So I looked at it. It had all of the criteria laid out, like, you know, have Mm -hmm. this, have this, have this. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let me call them up. And because I'm well-versed in it, I can call them up and just have a conversation. Mm -hmm. What about this? What about Mm -hmm. that? What about this? What about that? Really nice guy on the other end of the line. I'm telling you, Kim, we just rolled out our condo program. We weren't lending the condos before. Mm. So you kind of be our test case. And if you're willing to give it a go, (laughs) I'm willing to give it a go. I said, okay, cool. As long as you can do these things, Mm because I fit these criteria. They got it done. Mm. I said, you're my new guys. That's it. Like, yeah. you know, because I have more properties down. that I want to buy. So you're my new guys. He said, okay, wait, let, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And so from there, you know, I just began to learn how they did business. They began to learn how I did business. So with my credit score and the amount mm-hmm. of cash that I had and the things like that, I knew what my terms would be before I even went and found a property. I knew my terms would be 20% down. They were going to charge a fee of seventeen fifty. That's their fee. They're going to charge mm-hmm. a two percent in points. That's another fee to them. And then the rest is just regular closing costs, mm-hmm. what I would traditionally have yeah. anyway. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I know when I do a deal, they'll allow me to get two percent help from a seller. So if I can write the deal in a way that two percent in points that they're charging me. I can get that rolled into the deal. So I don't need that as cash. The mm. only thing I'm paying is the $17.50 and the rest of my closing costs plus my 20%. So I already know what money I need. Mm-hmm. So whenever I go look at an opportunity, mm-hmm. I'm looking at it from that lens. Yeah. Oh, this thing is 200 so I'm going to need 40 grand. Closing is probably going to be about 10 12 Yeah. So I need 50 Yeah, I can do it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll run the numbers. I already know kind of what the interest rate that I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. So I'll plug in the numbers like I have apps on my yeah. phone a, cal- mm-hmm. a loan calculator i can able to i can i'm able to plug it in really quickly to see see what the taxes are on the property estimate the insurance plug it in hmm, okay the mortgage is going to be 1363 i know the market so i know this property i can get 1700 for rent mm-hmm. so that means i'm gonna clear three three thirty seven on it yeah. Month. yeah easy you know yeah. what i mean now you got these on auto pay too Every last one of Just checking. No, yeah, so, so, we just check. so that was going to be my question Every last too. One like, what type of system do you have when you start mm-hmm. having a portfolio of eight yeah, yeah. properties? Is there, like, literally, where you going in? But you already answered. Yeah. All I okay. just wanted to check. So, <laughs> so that's I'm, a lot. I'm glad you asked the question because now I'm going to really get to it. So, <laughs> uh-huh. so, so this this is going to show you the next level. So, remember, I talked about the whole painted off in, in 22 and a half years mm-hmm. versus 30. So I always encourage people to take out a 30-year mortgage. Okay. It, it obligates you to less. Mm-hmm. You can always pay it off earlier. Yeah. It just obligates you to less in case something happens. Mm-hmm. You never know, right? right. You so never know. <laughs> with that being said, if you get a, a tough month, if the person doesn't pay their rent, at least you're obligated to pay less. Mm-hmm. You can always pay more. Yeah. I pay more. Right. And this goes back to a conversation that we were having about my retirement strategy. Mm-hmm. In 15 years, I want to have a minimum of 10 properties that are paid off. Mm-hmm. My math says that those 10 properties will net 
a minimum of fifteen hundred dollars each. Not everyone will be fifteen, but between yeah. all of them, it's going to average fifteen hundred after I pay taxes and insurance or whatever mm-hmm. fees yeah. that I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ten properties at fifteen hundred. That's fifteen grand a month, mm-hmm. and I still own the properties. That fifteen hundred will be perpetual forever yeah. for mm-hmm. my kids after I go. Right. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I need them paid off in fifteen years. Mm. Yeah. So what I do is that three sixty three that I said, or I mean that three thirty seven that I said I'm cash flowing every month. Mm-hmm. I, I put that in as additional principal. So the whole rent that they pay me on. Every one of my properties it goes back. The whole rent payment goes. I actually pay a little more for a few of them. And the reason why I like that condo I was telling you about, because it's eighty eight thousand. I pay that. I'm going to pay that off in probably five years. Like it's a car note, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? just an yeah. expensive car note. Then I'll take that full rent and I'll choose another property and apply that full rent to that one with that rent payment. Mm-hmm. So it's a snowball effect. And mm-hmm. I'll keep paying them. And it'll keep paying one off. Then those two will pay the next one off. Then those three will pay the next one off all the way until all 10. I'm not stopping at 10. That's just the minimum. That's your minimum. Yeah, that's just the minimum. And they all on auto pay. Oh, and they all <laughs> and they on auto, auto pay. Auto pay. So, because the rent payments are pretty much on auto pay. Yeah. So they just, you know, they yeah. in and they out. They in and they out. They in and they out. Oh. I've been fortunate because I haven't really, even through the pandemic, I, mm-hmm. I didn't have any... Um, tenants that couldn't pay a couple were slow at times because the nature of their job they had to be outside so they couldn't get paid and i worked with them Mm -hmm. but i was i was you know pretty pretty fortunate to have all tenants that were essential employees Mm -hmm. so you know they could continue to work they could continue to work from home or they could go in and their their payments never stopped nothing ever happened so so go ahead caitlin um real quick before we move on so you know how you said you take you took like the three thirty seven, yeah. you know that's the after you pay yeah. the bill on that mortgage, and you're putting that right back into. Yeah. So, what's your advice, or, or would you advise that to a first time investor? Mm-hmm. Because you know they say to have that emergency pot. Yeah. So what it, my advice to them would be to look at their finances. Now I'm able to do that because I have multiple streams of income that I'm not missing that. Mm-hmm. Although that is one of the streams of income. I can put that right back in right. and satisfy the goal that I'm trying so to. Because you got a, yeah. a got a bigger goal exactly. to get to. So for the average person, it's not that I would advise for it or against it. I would say whatever. What's your goal? You know yeah. what? What are you trying to do? Mm-hmm. Because I I've, I I have someone that I mentor that they were asking me the same question and they have a property and I said for you I would advise no. I would say mm-hmm. stack the three thirty seven so that you can build up your next nest egg to buy your next property. Yeah. You know, because right. you don't your finances aren't in that in that way. You're not going to get some big chunk of money at some point. Mm-hmm. Your this is your income. This gotta is your disposable it. amount. So you got to let it build up. And we do that, you know, in a year or two years and then it builds to something and then boom, you know. Yeah. And also, even if they didn't have aspirations of another property, you want to build that so that you can have that to be able to make those repairs and different things mm-hmm. to the property. When the HVAC yeah, go. When the HVAC go. <laughs> That's a good yeah. segue into the next thing I want to talk about. So some people ask me, well, Kim, how do you manage all of those properties? Do you have a property management? I said, no, because this is what I do for a living in terms of real estate. So I'm well versed in it. One, I'm extremely good with my hands. Mm-hmm. So I can fix just about anything mm-hmm. I can do. I can repair. I can install. I can take down, but my time doesn't allow me to do that a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So one, I have tradespeople on call that I could call to do it. The other thing that I do is I purchase a home warranty 
for every one of my properties and I keep it going. So that might be 30 or $40 a month, mm-hmm. but it's almost like having a maintenance man on call for 30 or $40 a month. Mm-hmm. Because when things like the HVAC, especially the major systems, when they break down, I can call them up and say, Hey, you know, my, the refrigerator is broke at this property. I could pay a deductible 75, $100. They go out, they repair it. If they mm-hmm. can't repair it, they replace it or give me a credit to replace it. So, and when it comes to landlord and tenants, one key thing is as long as you are putting forth an effort and making like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm, I'm trying to get this done as soon as possible, you know, they're understanding. They'll work with you. Now, there are certain things that, you know, it's like, okay, we got to get something done quick. Air conditioning actually is not one of them. Yeah. The reason why I say that is because many people feel like like the day like today is 90 degrees. Oh, you, you're supposed to have the air on. <laughs> nah. If you read the laws, air conditioning is a comfort. It's not a necessity. Mm. I have to provide you heat. Mm. Not air conditioning. Mm. Okay. I have to provide you cooking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like that, the stove go out or the refrigerator go out. And that right. happened to me. I'll give you a real example. One of my clients, one of my tenants called and said, hey, Kim, the freezer is going is not freezing. The refrigerator is still working. They had a deep freezer. So they okay. said, we're pretty good. But can you get somebody out? Sure. Mm-hmm. Called him out. He came by, came right out like the next day. He looked at it. He said, okay. You might have about a week and this whole thing is going to be gone. She mm. called me while he was there and said, Kim, he said it might be a week. This whole thing might be gone. <laughs> I said, okay, cool. I'm going to work on getting another refrigerator yeah. there. Yeah. All right. So I called the home warranty company and said, okay, what, what's going to happen? You know, can they give me a credit? I need to get them a refrigerator in there ASAP. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, well, he already put the order in. He put the order in, so we can't really give you a credit. Once we've ordered the parts, that's it. How long are the parts going to take? It could be anywhere from eight to 10 days. Oh, no. So I said, well, I can't be without a refrigerator for eight to 10 days. Like, like, come on, something has to give. Can you escalate this to somebody Mm -hmm. else? Yeah, I can, but they're going to tell you the same thing. Unfortunately, once those parts are ordered, I said, Mm -hmm. okay, all right, cool. So now I'm like, what am I going to do? I got it. I'm going to go to Home Depot. Mm -hmm. I'm going to buy a mini fridge about this size right here. So first I call my client. I said, hey, they're saying, you know, it's going to take 10 days Mm -hmm. to get this fridge fixed. And even if I ordered a brand new one, it ain't going to be there for another two weeks. Would you be okay with me bringing a mini fridge over there for you to store your refrigerated products and you could put your freezer stuff in the freezer until they fix it? Oh, yeah, that's not a problem. As long as we have somewhere to put our stuff. With the Home Depot, I spent like 150 on a mini fridge, mm-hmm. brought that over, set it up, put it in. They called two days later. The parts are in. The technician wants to come out tomorrow to install mm-hmm. it. Came, installed it, refrigerator back up and running. They transferred everything back. Came, I picked the refrigerator up, and I took it back. <laughs> there it is. Problem Home Depot, yeah. take it back. Take so it you back. did your customer service part, and then yeah, that's it. Still I mean, kept your money. And, and the biggest thing was, I thought outside of the box. Like, yeah. I, I didn't get frustrated to be like, "Oh my God, like, what am I gonna do?" You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. This leads me to both of you guys' situation yeah, where you were saying, yeah, yeah. "You know what? These repairs, I'm not." And it's because you didn't really have things in place. Because mm-hmm. if you did, and I, and I understand, like you saying, "Hey, I want to get rid of it," mm-hmm. but. Many of us become, it's just like, I liken it to people having a car and they start to have car problems. Mm-hmm. Instead of spending the money to fix it, they just say, I'm going to go spend a whole nother <laughs> yes. $30,000 yeah, on I a car. Be in that yeah. boat. And this is only a $700 fix. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now I got to roll the negative equity from this car into that car. So really I'm paying more. I'm paying mm-hmm. for both of these cars yeah. when I buy that car. Yeah. And I could have just fixed it. Mm-hmm. Or I could have just found the money to get the repair done that I was going to get done. Yeah. 
But that's another thing. But same thing. You know what I mean? Kind of the same Mm -hmm. thing. You know what I mean? Like I was listening to yours where you said it was a plumbing issue. My thing is, if it wasn't a plumbing issue that extended out into the street and you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All of that. Like it was a major thing for all the houses on the road. It might have made sense for me to let me tackle this and I'll just keep it. Especially if you had those aspirations to have have an investment property. Same for you. Like, look, you know what? What yeah, I heard, what, yeah, what, and what <laughs> I heard, wasn't. yeah, what I heard in your situation was really more so educating your tenant, yeah, and what you're responsible for and what they're responsible for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because certain things like that in your, it should have been in your lease. When there's something like that, like a leak, you're obligated to tell me as soon as it happens. If mm-hmm. not, then you incur some of this damage right here. You're going to be responsible, meaning you're not going to get some of your security deposit back. Mm-hmm. When they are aware of that and they know that. It takes on a whole different context. I gave her, her you know what I mean. Yeah, and more because yeah. it was in the interest bearing account. I yeah. gave her plus. Yeah, it takes plus. on a whole. Oh, different you was tripping, tripping. Yeah, <laughs> but it, again, it goes back to that education. It goes to the education of you knowing the landlord tenant rules, mm-hmm. and then educating her because again, people just operate off. They just like you know, one of my tenants was like, "Yeah, uh, these blinds are messed up. When do you think you can replace them?" I said, "Never." Like that's your responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Look at the lease. You know, I can point you to the clause. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. that's your yeah. responsibility. Oh, I didn't know. Now yeah. you do. They now just happen to be here when you got here. That's so it. bonus yeah. for you. That's it. Actually, you owe me. Because yeah. those are mine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. So a question for you. I actually have two, but my first question is when you talked about those non-QM loans, yes. that is not something you get through a traditional like Bank of America no. or whatever no. source. Those sources that we know. Right. They don't really do non-QM. They all by the book. In okay. The box. Non-QM are going to be kind of your, you know, you might even heard some of the names of them, but they're not your bigger household names like that. Okay. Um, some of your mortgage brokers, meaning uh, I could own a, a, a mortgage brokerage where I have relationships with different of these kind of independent uh, lenders mm-hmm. that when you bring me your situation, I look at it and say, who's going to be the best fit for this? Okay. You know what I mean, oh. Um, that particular one just happened to be its own entity. And, and the guy, you know, we became really cool. Mm-hmm. And so he explained to me, he said, man, this was just a couple of dudes with a whole bunch of money that wanted to get into this business. So they formed this business to do it. Okay. So a lot of what we're doing, we're just learning as we go. And I'm like, well, I'll learn with you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I love it, you know, okay. because you were able to do what I need you to do. I've probably done about 10 loans with them now. So they've done everything. I don't know how these other entities got my information, but a couple of other ones that are like them, they reached out to me. We heard you're doing this. We heard you're doing that. We'd like to compete for your business. And I'm like, wow, how'd you know? You know, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, we, we have our ways. And so if you're next, if you have not you have anything going on right now? And, it's, you know, at the time I didn't. And then, boom, an opportunity came. And so I said, let me run it by him. I already know what the figures are for yeah. mm-hmm. my, my guys. Let me run it by him. So I ran it by him. He's like, oh, I already know. We can beat him on the rate. We can beat him on this. We can do. I said, so I ran it by him. He was like, are you sure that's what they I said? Look, I've done six or seven deals with them. I'm sure mm-hmm. this is what it is. Mm-hmm. I, I have it. You know, mm-hmm. I have it. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. We can't compete with that. You know, you do better going with that. Hopefully you give us a shot on the next deal. Mm-hmm. I said, no, I don't mind because, again, as an agent, you learn to have multiple people in your in your in your arsenal, mm-hmm. multiple mm-hmm. loan yeah. officers, multiple inspectors, appraisers, every every trade, all of that. Mm-hmm. Because people get busy, they mm-hmm. may even drop the ball. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And or they might decide, I don't want to do this anymore. So you need to have a backup. Yeah. So when it comes to the non QM, 
there's some that are kind of leaders in that, you know what I mean? That, that do really well with it. And, but they're not really your banks of America, Navy federals. Didn't think so. Just no, wanted to clarify. No, no, they are not. Yeah. Um, I have a question. This sure. is back about more so like your landlord yeah. type stuff. So you do basically a lot of stuff yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you also um, take on the the process of vetting your uh, potential tenants? Yes. And yes. then how do you go about, since you're doing it yourself, how do you go about doing like the the background checks and okay. all that type of stuff? Because that's, that's one of those things. It seems like if you're not educated in it, it yeah. seems like a daunting task where it's like, yeah, I don't even want to get involved you in go. that. You, you said it. That's the number one thing, educating yourself, knowing. Mm-hmm. So with that, you got to know as a landlord what you can do, what you can't do as you're vetting these people. Okay. You also want to know like what your responsibilities are as a landlord when you are going through the application process. One thing that many people may not know, just like when you buy your house, let's I mean when you're let's say when you're selling a house, right? Okay. When you sell your house, you have the option of if multiple offers come in on your house, you have the option of looking at each one of these offers and say, eh, I want to go with that one because I like the fact that they had a dog. I like the fact that they were veterans. I like the fact that that was the third offer and three is my favorite number. It could be any reason. Yeah. Well, with landlords, it's different. When you decide to rent your property, you're supposed to establish requirements, meaning these are the requirements to rent my property when you okay. apply. A credit score, this, this, mm-hmm. this, this. The first applicant that satisfies those requirements, you're obligated to rent to that person, oh. whether you like them or not. Mm. If you don't rent to that person, they now have the right to sue you for discrimination because Mm -hmm. they'll say, I fit every requirement, right? I fit all the requirements. Why wouldn't he rent to me? Now you got it. You on a hot seat. Mm -hmm. You like the head and you like the skin color. Like, what was it? What Mm -hmm. was it about them that that you decided not to rent to them because you were supposed to? So with that being said, I established my criteria of what I want. And because I've, you know, I have eight. You know, I pretty much have a standard, some standard language mm-hmm. that I use. Here it is. And I guess I was a little more strategic. So I was a little more vague about certain things. Or you could be the other way. You could set the bar kind of high mm-hmm. so nobody really meets it. So you could pick whoever you want because you're right. like, yeah. nobody met it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it's all, it all, okay. all depends on that. So, of course, just like anything else in today's society, they have websites, they have apps, they have all kinds mm-hmm. of things. I ran across one called Listing to Lease. The two is the number two. Okay. Listing to Leasing. So basically, when you list it, all the way through leasing it. I only use it for the application process, okay. but you can actually list the property there, do the application process there, and do a lease there. Mm-hmm. All, all of it can be there, right? Um, you have the ability to do it as an agent or as an owner, right? So as an owner, I put in all the pertinent information about my property, how much the rent's going to be, blah, blah, blah. It generates, uh, it creates a basically like a, a file, and then it generates a link. So now I can I can supply this link to whoever it is that I want that asks mm-hmm. how do I apply? It's thirty nine ninety nine for them. Like I don't pay; it's free to you as a landlord. They pay the application fee. So I say it in my in my requirements. It's a forty dollar application fee for any person eighteen or over that's going to live in the property. They all have to apply. Here are the requirements. When they apply, it 
allows them to upload all of their documentation, pay stubs, W-2s, uh, bank statement, mm-hmm. copy of their license, and any other pertinent information. The system also does, they supply information for the employer and they supply information for their current landlord. The system also does landlord and employment verification. So it'll send okay. emails and call and then it'll send you back with the information that they gave them. Um, the $39 does a credit check, a back, a criminal background check and a landlord tenant nice. check. Okay. So you get to see all of that. So it's really not daunting yeah, at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the onus is on them. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? And if great. they don't submit yeah. something, hey, their application is incomplete. Right. Um, I can show you on my phone uh, my last property that I just secured. When did we go to settlement? Like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I forget what day it was. Um, I use Facebook Marketplace as mm-hmm. as a place that I start. Mm-hmm. I get, I've get i had very good success there in, in um, getting tenants. So I put it out there on Facebook Marketplace. I probably, I was just showing my wife today. It's had over 8,000 views. Oh, it's wow. been shared over 80 times. Mm. Um, I have no less than 200 people that have said, is this still available? Is this still available? Mm. I've actually secured a renter already. Okay. So, you know, just just did yeah. that yesterday, basically. Haven't signed a lease yet, but I've identified yeah. them already. One major thing that I needed to do with the property was replace the windows. Okay. But the owner that I bought it for already bought the windows. So they're there. They oh. were supposed to have them replaced, but they're like, yeah, I'm leaving the windows, you know, <laughs> like I can't do nothing with them. Yeah. I'm like, oh, great. All yeah. I got to do is find somebody to put them in. The guy that I normally use was busy. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine, he had a guy, he's busy. The guy that applied, he works installing windows. Look at that. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, so he went out this morning, he measured them <laughs> to make sure the windows that were there are uh-huh. the ones that fit. Mm-hmm. Gave me the price on what he would do to install mm-hmm. them. He'll be there next weekend to install them. And his lease starts on the 15th. So, you know, it doesn't have to be daunting. You know, it's only as complex as we make it. You know what I mean? Um, I can say I've been very fortunate, but I also have to chalk it up to me knowing things. Like, like, you know, I know certain things. So Mm -hmm. it just helps that I'm already in this field. Right. Right. Okay. I'm ready to buy, and uh, I don't know if I'm ready to buy. hold. Right. Am I going to buy a hold? I'm going to buy and flip. I don't know. You're more of a yeah. flipper? I think so. I'm I think more of a so. buy and hold. I want to say I'm going to buy and hold. It's funny. I do believe my husband is an electrician. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, right, and his father is a painter, and his father is a carpenter. So in my mind, flipping makes sense. I have a team, yeah. right? I got a team for yeah. flipping. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you can have a team for buy and hold when things go wrong, right? That's the same it. team can it's be used for team. that as well. It's the so. same team. And, and believe it or not, the good thing about that is they know people. Yes. So even if mm-hmm. they can't do it or you need a different type of tradesperson, they know people. They know people. Yes. So those are the best people to have in your corner because you're like, hey, you know what? The roof yeah. is leaking. I need a roofer. Exactly. None of them are roofers, but, but I'm they sure know they somebody. know somebody. I'm sure they that's do. a roofer. Exactly. exactly. Like when our HVAC went up another place, his friend does HVAC. Yep. So there we exactly. are. Exactly. Yeah. And, and man, I can show you my phone right now. You just type in roof. You gonna see all the roofers because I put that behind every person's <laughs> yeah. name. Oh, so when I need I to know, because I can't remember all of their names, <laughs> yeah. so I'll type in roof mm-hmm. and it'll come a roofer, roofer, roofer. Yeah, I'll type in HVAC, come up all the HVAC people. Got Electrician, it. it'll come up all the electricians that I've worked with or mm-hmm. you know no. Mm-hmm. So you know, and and they'll come and they'll go. So it's always good to have them, especially for me. It's just always good to have them. Um, today, uh, mm-hmm. my long guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I had I put a property as a real estate agent. I put a property on the market. 
that, you know, the, the person he was ready to sell. Well, you know how it looks when you cut your grass and you just cut it with a regular mower, but you don't bag, you don't have the bag on the side. Yeah. It just leaves all of the grass and yeah. then it gets like, looks like hay, mm-hmm. you know. It just didn't show well, like in the pictures mm-hmm. and stuff. And so I, you know, I didn't even say nothing to him. I just called my guy. I was like, "Hey, look, can you go and blow that? Like, blow it to the mm-hmm. back in the woods, or mm-hmm. it might something. need to be cut, but something. I need this to look better." Okay, Mister Kim, I'll go over there. I'll take a look. He's like, "I'll do it for sixty dollars for you." Great. The mm-hmm. property that I just told you that 